Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we've reached the end. One more position-by-position analysis, and then it's time to turn the page and begin focusing on training camp. Our last breakdown, special teams, a unit that probably isn't talked about enough. It's Cardinals Cover 2, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Well, you've heard it enough times, you save the best for last, and that's exactly what we're doing here I'd argue, MJ, that if you look back over the past two seasons, and let's go back three seasons, let's give special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers his due. I think maybe his unit has been the most consistent since the day he was hired and why when Cliff Kingsbury was hired, Coach Rogers was added the title of assistant head coach. He has his hands on every single player, and that's the importance of special teams. And normally, you know, when, when the Cardinals are trying to pare it down to their 53, you know, you're going to have that conversation, and we'll get into some of the particulars because usually there's five or six guys that, and normally if you're a backup and you're going to be dressed on game day, and I'm not even talking about Andy Lee, Matt Prater, or even Aaron Brewer, so that's almost eight guys. But, yeah, we don't focus on special teams unless something goes bad, and I'm sure people are listening, well, what happened with Zane Gonzalez last year? I can't put that on Jeff Rogers. I think to this day they're still wondering what happened. Yeah, maybe even something in his head. It just became more of a mental thing, especially clutch situations. Yes, Kyle Littegaard, I do believe in clutch. Late game scenarios, fourth quarter, overtime. The Cardinals did address that. We'll get to that in a moment. But more on Coach Rogers. 20th season coaching, 17th in the NFL. It's all been on special teams and we talk about the interaction with every player and that includes star players because as we've seen in the past, just look at the Arizona Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald no, he is not part of special teams except end of game clutch situations hands team on kickoffs because yes, you want your best players and I would think at some point maybe even see DeAndre Hopkins you talk about best hands, maybe D-Hop is on special teams. We've seen it in the past. The New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski back on kickoff return or kickoff coverage. You have to be aware of who you have on your roster because you want the most talented players on the most important positions within a particular game and a particular spot of a game. And sometimes that is kickoff return or kickoff coverage. Matter of fact, Larry was on the field for two special team snaps last year along with Chandler Jones. There's a couple guys that were not on special teams. Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't think we'll ever see Kyler Murray on special teams. But to your point, I did not know about Chandler Jones. It's a good catch by you because, no, it's not... 30 snaps a game. It's not even 30 snaps in a season. But those key situations, you want your best players, regardless of position, regardless of tenure, regardless of contract, because you're trying to either win a game or secure the victory. And let's let's kind of break it down a little bit deeper. Usually the strength and conditioning coach and obviously the trainer, Tom Reed, they have a relationship with every single player. Not that Vance is ignoring the offense when they walk on the field. They're a team. But you also think when it comes to the special teams coach, I mean, they have special teams before practice, in the middle of practice, at the end of practice. 
he has an idea of the entire roster because, yes, you can have your 11 guys lined up and he has an idea who the majority are and maybe we'll see some of these rookies who make the roster. But he has an idea in the on the entire roster. And then he's got to find out, okay, can I use this guy? You know, now – you know, Chase Edmonds last year was a kick returner. Now he's going to be your featured back, complement by James Conner. So we think Rondell Moore is going to take that role. Christian Kirk, a guy that was their third receiver, dresses on game day. He's got a chance to be the punt returner. We'll see if there's competition there. So, uh, again, I don't think we focus on it unless something goes bad. And, and give the Cardinals credit. They had Mike Nugent on the roster, and they finally activated him, and he came in and did a nice job, uh, obviously, you know, up there in age. But – um, we'll get into some of the rankings because I think it's important to point out. But I still think they got to get better in the return games, and that means you know kick return and punt return, change field position. We know teams are kicking a little bit higher. Some teams are kicking in the end zone, and Rondell Moore is going to have to make that business decision. Three yards deep, is he taking it out based on his speed? He gets he gets a, a nice block, nice little sliver hole to run through. He's off to the races. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of special teams here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, the core. Matt Prater, Andy Lee, Aaron Brewer. Kicker, punter, slash holder, and long snapper. Those are the players that, when you think special teams, immediately come to mind. Now, the new face, although not new to those he'll be working with, is Prater. This will be his 15th season, spent the last six-plus seasons with the Lions when he was introduced, said he still feels pretty fresh, which is good because, as we've seen, like with the quarterback position, if you are a good kicker or punter, you can last in this league for a long, long time, into your late 30s, maybe even your early 40s. It's I would say it's not common, but it is possible, and Matt Prater is a perfect example of that. It's not a position with those three core special teams positions that you say, hey, I need to get younger. No, you need to find the best regardless of age. And this guy's made a ton of kicks, 50 yards uh, plus. I mean, he's made kicks in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I know he's, what, 36? Correct. So he's kind of hitting the reset button, too. I mean, he's going to be kicking indoors, okay? He's going to be practicing outside. I mean, nothing against Detroit. but And, you know, Cardinals will have some games outdoors. And the really game that you look at is Chicago in December. That could be, you know, some uh, weather-permitting issues there. But his numbers weren't great last year. But I, I just get the impression we know his wife's from the, the Valley. She's a former Cardinals cheerleader. I'm sure they've been eyeing to come back here. But the Cardinals needed to go out and get a veteran kicker. I don't think it would have been imperative if they went out and tried to get a young kicker. And again, when you get a veteran guy, it's not gonna you're not paying him the minimum. And we'll see if he has any incentives in his contract. But I think it's an upgrade at that position. Just uh, a quick clarification, and it's not a huge deal. But yes, he's 36. He'll be 37 though at the start of the season. He turns 37 in training camp. But to your point about last season, and sometimes you know why do teams get rid of kickers or decide to move on? It's because well, you have a down year like Zane Gonzalez, and you're like, we need an upgrade. And I think that's what happened with Prater and the Lions. Although there was some mutual discussion about, hey, you know what? The Lions looking like more of a rebuilding team, and Prater's at this point, I'm a veteran, I don't want to be a part of a rebuilding team, but he did not kick well, converted 75% of his field goals, second lowest mark of his career, 
For his career, however, he's made just over 83% of his field goals, including 70% from 40 to 49. And that's where Zane Gonzalez struggled. That is your money down, if you will, or range, better said, because the Cardinals lost three games by three points. Matt Prater beat the Cardinals in Week 3. Then Gonzalez missed shorts on a game-time 49-yard attempt against the Dolphins and missed right on a go-ahead 45-yard attempt at the Patriots. And I think those three losses, or maybe just more the uh, Dolphins and Patriots game, maybe really stood out to General Manager Steve Kime because at the signing of Matt Prater, Kime said, quote, a lot of games are lost by three points or less, and this guy has been as good as anybody in NFL history at kick kicking game-winning field goals. MJ, Matt Prater has made all 22 game-winning field goal attempts with two minutes or less remaining in the fourth quarter or overtime. To me, that is the definition of clutch, if you will, again, apologizing to Kyle Odegaard, or at least being able to handle the pressure in pressure-packed situations. And if you're Cliff Kingsbury, and we know when you're, you know, you pass midfield, and you know maybe it's fourth and four, um, and you're thinking, you know, we need to get in field goal range here. Maybe it's second and four, third and four, and then all of a sudden you're not forced to go for it. You can kick, put points on the board. Let's say the Cardinals have a seven point lead. Now it's a two possession game. So again, I think the Cardinals want to be aggressive when it comes to their offense, but not saying they're settling for field goals. And you know, a couple of years ago they. Had, uh, Zane Gonzalez, in fairness to him, he had a lot of kicks, but they were like extra points, and that wasn't an issue. So I think when it comes to maybe late in the half, maybe late in the game, you know a guy can kick the ball. And, again, if you can get a lead and you want to play field position and keep the clock running, that's where Matt Prater should come in in the fourth quarter. Again, I'm a big on that two-possession uh, game where you're up by seven and then you're going up by ten. And, obviously, you know, you got to stop him on defense. But I, I definitely think – um, you know, again, he's not, he's human. And if he, you know, early in the season, if he starts mixing kicks, then we're going to have a different conversation. But I'm confident that he is an upgrade what the Cardinals had in Zane Gonzalez. And I think it's an important distinction that you make. I don't want the Cardinals to lose that aggressiveness that we've seen Kingsbury develop over the years, especially after that first season, maybe that first half of that first season in 2019. But to your point, you play the numbers game. You play field position. You play the clock late, especially if you're ahead when you don't need to press the button when you don't need to press the issue and you can say you know what yeah we can put them away with just a field goal here we don't need to go for it on fourth and two because we have confidence in our guy on the sideline that's why we signed Matt Prater to come in and make those pressure pack kicks which as he told us he treats as normal kicks now that's easier said than done but he has the background he has the experience to where if you're Kingsbury, you should be confident enough to send him out there as opposed to leaving the offense on the field. You know, I don't know if we'll ever get the, uh, the, uh, the answer because, you know, they try not to live in the past, but you learn from some of the mistakes. I wonder if Kingsbury had to change his play calling knowing that Zane was in a funk. I mean, on first down, do I have, do I have to get five or six yards here? Now, again, you get to fourth down, you kind of got an idea what you're going to do based on down and distance. What's the time on the clock? How many timeouts do you have? So you wonder, did he have to change? Because, let's be honest, um, there was probably a lot of guys in that locker room after the first or second miss that weren't as confident, hey, we need to go for it here. So I don't think you know Cliff's going to have to um, 
you know, again, be aggressive, but also be smart when you know you can get points on the board versus chasing points. I'll say this about Zane Gonzalez, and this doesn't mean to be a knock Zane Gonzalez show here on Cardinals Cover 2, but the struggles and what game we didn't point out is the Seattle game on Sunday Night Football because he made a kick that sent the game into overtime but missed in overtime that would have won it. He was able to atone for that mistake and get another chance and made that 48-yarder with 15 seconds left to go. And that's a game that we all point to as one of those contests that, yes, it was a huge game for the Arizona Cardinals, but maybe almost didn't happen to that effect. And now with a Matt Prater, maybe you don't get into that situation where you have some questions or you need your kicker to go back out on the field after missing a kick late in the game to where you're not looking for him to atone for a mistake or, hey, give him a second chance. Maybe you don't have that with Matt Prater, and I hope – that's the case here in 2021. And we know that Jeff Rogers had a relation with Matt Prater and also Aaron Brewer. And you talk about some of these long kicks that you have pointed out on our show prep here when you're looking at the special teams. I mean, this is really impressive. And again, he's only going to be as good as his next kick. But you can see the consistency when it comes to having a strong leg. 59 career makes from 50 or more yards. That is the most all-time in NFL history. Plus, Matt Prater has the record for longest field goal, 64 yards. It was a kick made as time expired to end the first half against the Titans when Prater was with the Denver Broncos. And yes, it was in Denver Mile High Stadium back in 2013. Brewer was the long snapper. Rodgers was the coordinator. And as we heard from Prater when he was introduced, Rodgers was, quote, a big reason why I wanted to come here. I think we're going to do well together end quote. Prater's also worked with Devin Fitzsimmons, the new assistant special teams coordinator. They were together in Detroit. And when you talk about punter, kicker, holder, long snapper, those relationships amongst all four, and especially with the punter who serves as your holder, you need to make sure that there is not just chemistry, but there is some reliability and then some confidence that the long snapper is going to do his job, the holder is going to do his job, and the kicker is going to do their job. So anytime you can kind of reconnect with those players from your past to now, I think does serve the Cardinals well because it's not like you're walking into this from scratch and trying to figure out, all right, how fast do you snap? Where do you like the ball? Where should I hold it? And then the kicker, you know, how many steps back am I? All of this has already been worked out before. Now it's just a refresher course. And, you know, we get a chance to watch training camp practice and, and usually during the open portion, you know, maybe they're warming up. But they're they're almost in a little fraternity with each other because when you got offense and defense out there and then they'll do some kicking at the end or they'll do like a fire drill where you want to get on the field, there's only three seconds on the clock. But they spend a ton of time together. And, 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 and really, I'm sure when it comes to Andy Lee, um, he was he was in the same draft as Larry Fitzgerald, and uh, we talked about we'll we'll get into Andy Lee and what his numbers were last year, and the Cardinals brought him back. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it's just one of those scenarios where, and again, relationships matter, and that's the reason we brought this up. But at the same time, though, um, you got veterans guys there. You're not relying on some rookies, and you know, again, I'm not saying they couldn't do it because you were right earlier too. If you're a long snapper 
or a punter or a kicker, you can carve out a nice career. And I think we can say that about all three of these guys. And Aaron Brewer doesn't get enough credit because we know that a couple years ago the snap was bad. Yes, and once Mike Leach retired and all of a sudden the Cardinals were left scrambling to try to find someone, and then that didn't go as well. And you always kind of go back, if you do need a long snapper, it typically is not someone that is new to the game, at least the NFL game. You want someone who's been there and done that. And I think the guy was named Kennedy? Correct. And he was a young guy. Yes. He may be still in the league. I think he may be in Pittsburgh. And I think he's done pretty well in Pittsburgh since then. But, again, it's taken that second chance, that second team to where he can sit there and go, yeah, you know, I know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Now you also pointed. I mentioned earlier his wife Katie is a former Cardinals chair, and his father works at the local Veteran Affairs office. So this is like homecoming for Matt Prater and his wife. Cameron Kennedy now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he has certainly done very well for himself since the uh, brief tenure with the Arizona Cardinals in 2016. To the point where you know he's now probably might have found a home with the Steelers since he was signed by them in 2017. So sometimes that first opportunity isn't there. It's the second opportunity, especially when you're dealing with a young player at kicker, holder, and uh, long snapper. And it can't be easy to kick in Pittsburgh when you get to the cold weather. No, it certainly can't. And the fields are not, you know, you can't you know grow grass in November and December in Pittsburgh. So props to him. Again, that's all you can ask for is an opportunity. Absolutely, and he took full advantage of it as well. And now you got the Cardinals with Aaron Brewer, who is certainly very good at what he has been able to do. And I liked what Darren Urban wrote about Aaron Brewer during his yearly roster breakdown on azcardinals.com. Quote, you don't hear about him, which is a good thing, because you never focus on the long snapper until – Everyone sees the long snapper because something's happened. A snap bounces or it goes over the head of the punter or bad snap regardless of what it is. That's the only time anyone talks about the long snapper. And it's unfortunate, but it is. That is your job. I mean, if you are a long snapper and you are consistent, then props to you. You're not going to get mentioned. You're not going to get any attention. You're basically forgotten until you have that one screw up and it doesn't happen. doesn't matter when it happens in a game. Likely it becomes more magnified later, but the minute you don't do your job, then all of a sudden it becomes a focal point. Yeah, and that was a frustrating thing for me. And again, I don't want to go back to Zane because I have a lot of respect for him. I know, you know, Cleveland, he had the growing injury and, and then the Cardinals picked him up. But, you know, that was perplexing to me when they had a great snap and Andy Lee had the threads in the, in the right spot and the ball was just short. And I go back and watch the film and he goes, I don't know what happened. So, that's not going to ha- that's not going to happen to Matt Prater. No. The last player to touch on here is Andy Lee, the punter and holder and as you mentioned, still in the league, part of that same draft class as Larry Fitzgerald, which is unbelievable that Andy Lee now at the age of 38 years old is still getting the job done. So re-signed this past offseason. I know when we talked about special teams early in the year, that was one of the positions that you maybe pointed to and said, hey, maybe it is time to kind of look for someone else. The Cardinals, again, they have more information. You look at the film and why did Andy Lee have a down year in 2020 compared to 2019? They felt that there were some things either to correct or it was just one of those years and they decided to bring him back. 
again, uh, if you go with the young guy there, you know, this team wants to win right now. And I know that they a lot of people think they're going all in. It's really a three-year plan, but you only can focus on the upcoming season. And his numbers were down. And, and to me, at some point, the age will catch up, even though he's not running, uh, you know, covering special teams. And it's little things that's growing and hamstring. And, and, and again, maybe not a hamstring, but, you know, you want to make sure he can stay healthy throughout the season. But uh, at the same time, though, you just can't bring in a young punter because you have to know what you're doing. And one thing he doesn't get enough credit for, because we called him the weapon a few years ago when the team wasn't being able to move the football. What he does, you know, down that ball in the 20-yard line and the way the special teams can cover it, that he, that he doesn't get enough credit for how many times he's punted inside the 20. A couple of points there. One, you mentioned the numbers from last year. And just by looking at his numbers, 44.8 yards per punt, that was the lowest mark of Andy Lee since 2006, and he had a net of 39.6. A year earlier, he ranked second in the league with a 47.8-yard punt average and 11th with a 41.2-yard net. Now, the numbers suggest a down year, but you just mentioned a couple of things. One, how he's kicked. What is he being asked to do as far as trying to pin a deep, or I should say, pin an offense deep in their own end, or pooch it or kick it directionally away from the punt returner, and all of a sudden maybe your numbers are down compared to years prior because you're not being asked to boom it on occasion. Perhaps that was part of the thinking as far as why his numbers were down. But I think more important than any of that, you mentioned it as far as needing a veteran on this team because not that they're going all in, that's the perception. General Manager Steve Kime has said no, he's pushed back on that. But this is a huge year, 2021, year three for Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. You have to take advantage of these years with Kyler Murray under his rookie contract, and can you waste that year, if you will, with an unproven player who is now being your punter? And I just don't know if the Cardinals were comfortable in rolling the dice on that. Yeah, the last couple of years he had 21 inside the 20, 21, 32 his first year, 29 actually his first year, and then in Carolina, very similar numbers. So those numbers are not going down, may not have as many opportunities. Um, you look at it, he, he uh, had 58 punts and 22 were returned and 21 were inside the 20-yard line. And I think that might be more than anything when you look at the average. It's, okay, what are you being asked to do on this particular kick? And then we all focus on the inside the 20-yard line because the more you can put the opposing offense in a difficult position or make them go further up the field to score or get into scoring position, the better off you are. So as much as the numbers look down, maybe upon further digging, Andy Lee did not have as bad a season as it would perceive. And if he, Because uh, obviously you wouldn't have re-signed him if you thought otherwise. No, and again, we know that Jeff Rogers has a lot of say. Ultimately, it's, it's the head coach and the GM's decision to offer the contract. But there, he's got enough credibility in this building to where – what's behind door number two? Is he going to be better in a big situation than versus a young player? No. Andy Lee's been in his league long enough. He knows what's going on. 
Special teams, the focus of this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Bird Gang, that if you want to see the Cardinals in action this season, there are two Protect the Nest game plans or ticket plans available. You can go to azcardinals.com slash tickets or call the Cardinals ticket sales office at 602-379-0102. They are four game plans and each plan features a prominent primetime matchup. You got the red plan, the white plan, quickly the red plan, home games against the 49ers, Packers on Thursday night football, the Panthers, and then the Colts on Saturday nights. That happens also be Christmas Day. So great Christmas Day presents as well. You open up gifts in the morning and you go see the Cardinals at night. That's the red plan, 49ers, Packers, Panthers, and Colts. The white plan, the home opener against the Vikings, the Texans, Rams on Monday Night Football, and then another game that you're always pointing to that Sunday, January 9th, the regular season finale with the Seattle Seahawks in town. Yeah, they don't, they're not going to be in Seattle. Last year they were in Los Angeles. This year the Cardinals are hosting Week 18, game number 17. Week 18, that's that's going to take some getting used to. And in the math, because you can't have a because it's an odd number of games, you can't have that even number of eight and eight. It's just, it's Give us some time. Now, basically, yeah. we'll all get used to it. It's just going to sound a little strange for a little while. Yeah, and and uh, are they going to change the record books now? Because if a guy does this in, in, in a 17-game schedule, uh, listen, I think we're headed to an 18-game schedule down the road. Yeah, I think so, Maybe you get an, everyone gets an international game, even well, though the Packers have never played in London. Yeah, that's an interesting anomaly that's got to change just because of the <laughs> fan base of the Green Bay Packers. You can think of them uh, flocking to see that game in London. By the way, as far as the asterisk, no, I mean, I don't remember the discussion when they went from 14 to 16, but it's no different between 14 to 16 and 16 to 17 and potentially 18. There's no asterisk. Yeah, I know, but you know, they'll say Gail Sayers and Jim Brown put up numbers with only 14 games. Quarterbacks, you know, maybe they weren't averaging over 330 yards per game. It was 270. I mean, now you're talking three more games. Again, uh, we'll let the we'll let the uh, the stat guys figure that part out. Exactly. The Protect the Nest ticket plans, again, azcardinals.com slash tickets or by calling the Cardinals ticket sales office at 602-379-0102. All right, let's get back into the special teams and focus now on the return game. And this is where I think we should hope to see some improvement as far as kickoff return and punt return. The numbers from 2020. League rankings, Cardinals ranked 29th in yards, punt return at 5.4. They were tied for 16th in yards per kickoff return at 21.9. Now, look, I think the punt return numbers can get a little skewed. Five doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot, but if you can find someone, i.e. Rondell Moore, to make that first or second guy miss, and if you can give a little bit of some momentum to the offense as they come out onto the field, you're not starting at the 20, maybe you get up to the 32, 33, or if nothing else, maybe it is starting at the 20, but you fielded that kick at the 15 or at the 10-yard line, you made a couple of guys miss, and all of a sudden the crowd gets excited at State Farm Stadium and you get tacked it you get tackled at the 22 yeah there's some disappointment but the crowd is still now jacked up for the offensive possession because of what Rondell Moore did or maybe Christian Kirk that I think we need to see hope to see more of coming up this season I'll say this I think uh you know and we know they changed the special teams rule where you can't you know have three guys holding each other's hands the wedge and you got to have a certain amount of guys on one side versus the other and you know, they talked about maybe putting it fourth and 15 uh, for uh, um, an onside kick. But when you look at it from a standpoint of, 
you know, the, the difference um, uh, with field position there. I mean, if you look at it, just just get to the 25-yard line on some of this stuff. But I, I just think you got to tilt field position, and the fact is that maybe the numbers don't reflect it. Um, but for the most part, I do think Rondell Moore is going to be a guy that's going to be able to come in here uh, and make a difference. And it's, it seems like it's been a long time since we've seen a return. It has been a very long time. The last punt return touchdown for the Arizona Cardinals, you got to go all the way back to 2014. Ted Ginn, 71 yards at the Giants, and I vividly remember that game. And the following year, 2015, is the last time the Cardinals had a kickoff return for a score. That was David Johnson, 108 yards at the Bears. I believe that was, what, week two? And that was that stretch in which David Johnson had touchdowns on like three straight touches, whether it was rushing, receiving, and the return game to where he was doing everything that first season in the league. So it has been a while, and we just know how effective those plays can be. You don't always have to score, but just those long returns can certainly help everyone on the sidelines. You just feel better about yourself going out on the field to play a little offense. I remember being there in the press box. It was, it was a nice day at Soldier Field. And I think Kurt Warner put up numbers. I, 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 maybe Liner came in that game. I can't remember. But what I was good, trying to say earlier was, to me, when you look at the special teams, whether it's a kickoff return, a punt return, it's one of the it's one of the most exciting plays in football, especially if a game starts like that. I mean, you go back to Super Bowls, you know, the onside kick, but a punt return, you know, Devin Hester against the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Now you had to go there. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I know. It's, an, it's, it's an exciting play. I mean, you don't see it a lot in the first half, but at some point in the game, you know, uh, maybe you lost your, your, your second best special teams player, so now you got to put another guy in there, and the other team knows about it, so they're going to attack that area, so... Uh, I hope they keep the kickoff. I know it's about safety, and but I do like when we see a return, not against us, but we need to get one of those this year. But I do think just field position will go a long way if Rondell Moore can just – because I think that's where he's going to get his feet wet besides being a receiver. Let's go back to draft night. Rondell Moore asked about special teams, and he said he believed he could, quote, be dynamic in the return game. And his numbers were phenomenal at Purdue – 19.4 yards per kickoff return, almost seven yards per punt return. And that is where I think we will see Kingsbury, as he said, talking about how we can utilize Rondell Moore. Quote, we have to be creative in how we use him and make sure we're maximizing who he is as a player. Well, who Rondell Moore is as a player, yes, he'll get some snaps at wide receiver or some reps at wide receiver. But initially, immediately, week one, I fully expect to see him back there on kickoff return, punt return. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, we can build a case. He's either the third or fourth receiver, so he's going to dress. And, you know, maybe they will have competition. You know, Christian Kirk's done it. Um, we have some numbers on him. I just think now that Chase Edmonds is going to be your, quote, featured back with the combination of James Conner. You take a little bit off his plate there, and you allow Rondell Moore now, you're also going to have an up guy, and if he his numbers start to inflate a little bit, maybe teams will start – they may not kick to him. But I think you know, early on, if he gets, it, he gets the ball in the end zone three yards deep, I think he's going to take it out. Yes, because of that burst of speed. He just it, needs a block and, and just find a sliver to get through. And again, whether he gets to the 35, that's huge. You down the ball in the end zone, you're at the 25. Now, you mentioned Christian Kirk. He was a punt returner six times last year. Excuse me, 22 punt returns last year. He averaged six yards. And then Chase Edmonds, 18 kickoff returns, averaged just over 23 yards a pop. Now, if Kirk becomes that number three, consistent number three wide receiver, do you want him? 
deep on punt returns. If Chase Edmonds is that number one back or he and James Conner are one, two, and they're both getting 20 to 25 touches a game, or I should say, you know, totaling 25 touches a game, maybe you don't want him back on kickoff return. That's where I think Rondell Moore, yeah, you liked him and what he could do as a receiver, but perhaps you liked him even more based off what you were able to see from him handling special teams. Well, there's a thing, a couple things we can focus on with the, uh, what the Cardinals want to do. They wanted to get more physical and leadership, okay? And they also put an emphasis on the return game. And, yeah, you could have drafted a receiver in the first, second round, but there were a lot of receivers and corners coming out in this draft that have return skills, and that was two of their major needs going into the draft on paper. And here they take uh, the best one of their best defensive players in Zayvon Collins. So you can see where the point of emphasis was going into the offseason, and I think they checked those boxes. Now it's a matter of how it materializes during the season. They hoped they had checked, or they thought they had checked that box a few years earlier with Andy Isabella, and he just has not been able to get that job done for whatever reason. Now we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Rondell Moore is going to be given every opportunity to be that guy. Now the question is, can he handle it? We obviously saw Andy Isabella cannot handle whether kickoff or punt returns, and I think he might just be one of those guys that, you know, as a reserve in case of an emergency, if you will, that you need to have him back there because he obviously could not get the job done. Only thing I can tell you, it's night and day the way they both catch the football, and I only have a small sample. We haven't seen the pads on, but you can just see the way he, you know, they have four or five guys back there returning punts. They all look like he can do the part, but he's a little bit more fluid than some of the guys, other guys. I'll put him closer to Christian Kirk than Andy Isabella. Bird Gang, if you like what you hear here on Cardinals Cover 2, we invite you to subscribe to all Arizona Cardinals podcasts. That way you never miss an episode of Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rays, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Need more information? Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more. Now, the final aspects here on special teams are those core players that we have seen over the last couple of years especially since Jeff Rogers has been here as special teams coordinator, now assistant, or I should say, yeah, assistant head coach. And those are the guys that always show up as far as a Tanner Vallejo, Ezekiel Turner, Charles Washington. Those are all players that are back. Those were the top three tacklers on special teams last season. Now, the team did lose Trent Sherfield, and that was a big loss, but I think that was more because he saw an opportunity to play a little bit more offense as a wide receiver with the 49ers. But we always talked about those core guys that could do everything, whether that was on coverage or on return, field goal, and those guys, Ezekiel Turner, Trent Sherfield, Dennis Gardeck as well, those three, all undrafted rookie free agents, who are still in the league and still contributing. I know Zeke Turner would like to do a little bit more, but as far as when you look at who excelled on special teams as far as coverage, and that was Vallejo, Turner, and Washington. They had the top three tacklers, and all three of those players are back. Well, let's look at their snap numbers. Um, Zeke Turner, 348 uh, special team snap, close to 79%. Dennis Gardak until his injury, 315, 71%. Tanner Vallejo, 286. Charles Washington, 256. Kylie Fitz, 227. And then Trent Scherfel. And I'm looking at Isaiah Simmons. Um, he played 112 special team snaps, about 25%. 
Simmons had 10 tackles, and he definitely flashed on special teams because more a, he looks like a deer running down the he, field. More times than not, he was the first guy down there, and then when he hit a ball carrier, it was no uh, no escaping the hit. He was down. Now the question is, do we still see Simmons on special teams this year, given how much we might see him on defense? And I'll ask the same question of Zayvon Collins. Typically, those rookies are on special teams, but there's going to be a lot asked of Zayvon Collins, especially wearing that green dot as the quarterback of the defense. Do you want to add even more information or expect more from Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons coming up in 2021? Well, normally you look at special teams when you're talking about kickoff and kickoff return. I mean, you need some bigs out there and, you know, nothing against Jordan Hicks, but he's a backup. I don't, I I mean, we've seen him in coverage and I I think he'd be ultimate backup. He's a, he's a pro's pro if that's the case going in the training camp. So, I mean, you got to get your best players out there. The most athletic players, usually it's, it's, you know, you know, cornerbacks, wide receivers, you do get some big guys out there, but your linebackers are the guys that can make the tackles if they get past that first layer. Well, you got to be able to field 11 guys out there on special teams, regardless. You know, I know you don't want certain players to be out there to get hurt, but I mean, that's just not how this game is played. And if you're out there and hoping not to get hurt, that's when you do get hurt. But I do think, yeah, I, I do think the Cardinals will be cautious with both Collins and Simmons. Not that they won't be out there, I just don't know how much they'll be out there. Well, Patrick Peterson, he played 85 snaps last year on special teams, about 20%. Byron Murphy, about 20%. DJ Humphreys played 78. Again, extra point field goals. So a lot, some of these linemen, Calvin Beachin played 76 snaps on special teams last year. And a lot of that is, again, on coverage as far as field goals as well. That's also extra when, you're, points. when you're talking about the linemen that are protecting yep. right. and making sure a kick is not blocked. But when you look at what this team added as far as potential special teams this offseason, Sean Williams, Big special teams player with the Cincinnati Bengals. Is he more of a special teams player, or does he play some safety this year? And then the rest of the Cardinals draft class, Marco Wilson, Tay Gowan, James Wiggins, how much? Now they got to make the roster. But those players, if they do make the roster, it's on special teams. You know, you bring up a good point. I'm looking at Hassan Reddick, who obviously played a ton of snaps on defense last year, close to 79 but he only played 43 snaps. I wonder where those 43 snaps were before Chandler Jones went down and then Dennis Gardick, but it's a good point. And he became a starter where he was a backup going into the season. That's always an interesting conversation. You'd love to be a fly on the wall when something like that happens and you have that conversation either with the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator. You're like, all right, well, X player, we no longer have him at our availability. We need to pull someone off your side. And, you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, a complete pull as far as you're no longer going to have that player on special teams, but you have to be cautious. I mean, it's not that it's offense and defense is more important than special teams, although that's what many people believe, but how many snaps are utilized offense and defenses versus how many snaps are on special teams? And where do you have the most bang for your buck, if you will, if you have a player who is very good at special teams but also excels on offense or defense? Yeah, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Larry Fitzgerald played uh, two snaps on, on special teams along with Chandler Jones. And when it came to Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, and DeAndre Hopkins – uh, and Devin Kennard, yeah, they didn't play on special teams last year. 
a little surprised about Kenyon Drake, although if you're that number one running back, maybe you're not. That's true. And See, maybe, again, that's you're a not, good example right there. Obviously, your starting quarterback's not going to be out there. Uh, and I would, as we talked about at the start, I would not be surprised if D-Hop doesn't find his way, especially when you're trying to re- not recover, but as far as protect on an onside kick attempt you late in the ball game. The hands team. Hands team, exactly. Normally, normally Larry Fitzgerald would, would do that. Absolutely. Last point here on special teams as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And this is something that you have shown me the last couple of years. Rick Goslin, longtime NFL writer who has made a name for himself as far as ranking each team's special teams unit through a system that he devised. And there's no way to explain it, but it's one of those things that the rest of the league understands it and buys into it so what rick goslin says everyone buys into it and believes he had the cardinals as the 10th best special teams in 2020 fifth best in kickoff coverage fifth and fewest penalties tied for first with three takeaways and first in opponent starting points 23.3 yard line is where cardinal opponents started their field position on kickoff return so that gives you a little idea that it's very good. It's a very good special teams unit, but as we discussed here, I think we understand that the return game, punt return, kickoff return, that's where we'd like to see a little bit more out of that unit. They've been very, very good, but they can be just a little bit better. Rick Goslin, longtime NFL writer, as you pointed out, covering the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure he started off in a small market, kind of like Steve Schoenfeld did, but, uh, you know, when Bill Belichick talks about Rick Goslin, and we know that the Patriots special teams usually finishes one, two, or three every single year, um, and he's also a Hall of Fame voter. And he, I think towards the latter part of his career, he started covering the Dallas Stars, and then I think he decided it's time for to retire. But he still does his column, and every year I, you know, he'll do something at maybe at midseason during the bye week. But at the end of the year, you're always wondering because – the numbers we mentioned, they weren't as impressive as when Goslam does this. And, and whether I don't know what the formula is, but I'm telling you, people around the league look at that. And just the amount of time that he spends looking at special teams, and of course, special teams matters. You bring up Bill Belichick. There are a lot of head coaches with special teams backgrounds to the point where you know I've never had this conversation with Jeff Rogers, but as long as he's been in the league. Does he have head coaching aspirations? He's got that assistant head coach title next to Cliff Kingsbury, but he is certainly well-versed in what it in, in what it takes to be a head coach because he's seen it from all sides. I mean, he is part, not just special teams, but he is on all those meetings as well, lending his opinion, his voice in those meetings. Well, you see a guy like Brandon Staley. Yes, he coached defense, and the Rams have a lot of good players. He becomes a first-year head coach, you know, He's been in the league twenty years. Um, you, know, you, you can see it. Sometimes you're off, better off being a, a, you know, instead of a general, maybe a lieutenant, um, where it's a big seat to move over. And he's met, he's moved his family around. But Cardinals are really excited to have him. But I, I I don't I don't think he gets enough credit. We talk about Sean Coogler, and I think they're just as important as they are. And Vance Joseph. Yes. And we can go down the list. I really like the staff, but when it comes to the coordinators' positions, 
I think they checked those boxes. And it's a big reason why, Berging, that Jeff Rogers was one of the holdovers from the previous coaching staff. I mean, that's that speaks volumes. Now, a lot of that, Cliff Kingsbury didn't know much as far as the NFL coaching game was concerned. He needed some help, but I do think it helped a lot that Jeff Rogers was hired or not retained, if you will, to stick on to stay on board and not only be special teams coordinator, but get that assistant head coach title. Yeah, like I said earlier, you know, when it comes to the uh, you know, strength and conditioning coach and the trainer and special teams coordinator, they know all the players, you know. Obviously, you know, offensive staff will focus on the offense. Defensive staff will, will focus on the defense. Not that they're not talking to each other. It's when you walk on the field, you're talking to who was next to you. But the fact that Buddy Morris and Jeff Rogers, they know every single player on this roster, and they know their personalities and what their strengths are. Bird Gang, again, Protect the Nest ticket plans are available now. you got the red plan, the white plan. Each plan includes four games, including prominent primetime matchups at State Farm Stadium. For more information, go to azcardinals.com slash tickets or call the Cardinals ticket sales office at 602-379-0102. All right, MJ, it's been a very solid review of what the Cardinals have done here in the offseason from free agency to the draft, OTAs, and minicamp. Now, training camp, literally and figuratively, right around the corner. We'll get more into what we hope to see and maybe some questions that we have going into training camp. But when I say training camp to you in 2021, the biggest story, the biggest thing that comes to mind that you hope to see, hope to hear, but Cardinals training camp 2021, certainly a precursor, we hope, to the postseason. And it has all it started long before training camp, but that's also the next mile marker, if you will, to get to the postseason. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm just looking forward to seeing some of these young players get a chance to play in the preseason because that didn't happen last year, and I think a lot of guys, first and second year players, will benefit. And I just want to see how this team comes together. What training camp is about building the groundwork, building relationships, and then trusting each other. So when you step on the field in September, October, November, December, and hopefully January, they do have a game in January, you want to be able to trust your teammates. They laid the groundwork in the offseason. Now when you spend the time at the hotel and you're in meetings, uh, you're away from your families, that's where the relationships and trust come in. So I want to see them lay the groundwork like they did this offseason. You could see the chemistry and the continuity on the field. Um, you know, there's a little bit of tempo and energy out there. And to me, that goes a long way when everyone's pulling the same rope. And they should be ahead of schedule compared to a year ago because they did get that opportunity for OTAs and minicamp in the offseason. That was not the case in 2020 going into that season. So already you would expect things to be a lot more smoother and ahead of the game to where maybe it's it's not you're, you're relearning what you are already told in May and June, and now it just becomes a refresher. Now you're doing it at a little bit more faster-paced, and you're hoping that you're not thinking you're reacting out there. Well, I think we can make the case as of today, Zayvon Collins is ahead of Isaiah Simmons going into his rookie year. Absolutely, and Isaiah Simmons acknowledged that as well, and Zayvon Collins brought it up that he couldn't imagine going into an NFL season without an offseason. That certainly uh, was something that was asked of him, and that was he could not believe that that is exactly what Isaiah Simmons went to. And that's, um, I don't know how some of these rookies did it, but uh, props to them. And now you look and focus on 2021, year two for Isaiah Simmons, year one for Zayvon Collins, and the rest of the 2021 draft class. Much more on training camp as we inch closer to that date 
in late July. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.